prepare yourself for invasion. This is Indian Invasion. All right, guys, welcome back to Indie Invasion. It's been a little bit of time, but as life happens, it kind of put you have to put that fun stuff aside sometimes to take care of stuff, right, Mac? Oh man, yeah, I guess. I guess we gotta. <laughs> I guess we gotta be grown up sometimes. What's up with that? Whose idea? Whose idea was that? I don't know. I, that, yeah, that's the world. I keep telling my kid that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Before we get into the fun stuff, we got some business, though, don't we? We got, we got some a little uh, bit of business. Little we bit got business. some thank yous to put out there for a shout out for jim casey that's right he, he went on patreon what this last month and yep helping support us support those independent game designers and yeah also you know what the heck let's give the rest of the gang a shout out besides jim we like to thank todd our go he's, todd he's our our go-to uh man when we need D D books oh no <laughs> and then and then how do you how do you say this next one? Is it Voy? It, it's it's obviously an online name, so yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Not sure how to say it, but is it? Uh, you just just croak? wing it. Okay, I wung it there. Boy, thank you. And of course, our good friend DM Jim, the tabletop engineer. He was yes. one of our first patrons to support us, and all these supporters. Believe in what we do, and we thank them. And if you would like to also help us out, go ahead and visit us at Patreon backslash Indie Invasion. Uh, we have a lot of content on there for you guys to check out. And you don't have to, what do they call it on Patreon? Subscribe? Yeah, uh, I think it's pledge, subscribe or pledge. You don't have to pledge, subscribe, whatever fancy terminology there is. We're yep. old guys with gray hair. We don't know all that terminology. So no. like, click, subscribe, follow, do all those things. Just smash them all. Smash them. <laughs> smash, smash, smash. <laughs> so fun stuff. What have you been doing, Mac? What's been going on? Oh, what have I been doing? Well, since our last episode, I was getting spooled up for our RPG. Well, I finally got all that put together, and we have had, let's see, four four sessions, I think. I think we've had four weeks of games, so that's been going really good. But I haven't really gotten any skirmish games in, which has kind of been bumming me out. Haven't had a whole lot of that action going on. However, I've been building tiles for my rpg i've been doing some tabletop hobbying yes i have but some of it like i just with i just posted a video on the old youtubes with a modular dock system that i built out of those dollar tree jenga blocks and as i was putting it all together i was like oh man these would be awesome in the drowned earth oh man these would be awesome in twisted so uh, even though i'm building tiles for an rpg kind of like the um you know, mostly flat stuff. A lot of it is going to cross over really good for my other terrain. So that's been that's been pretty fun. But, you know, I'm kind of a I don't know if I'm a, an RPG guy or a skirmish guy at heart. I think I'm both, but I miss playing you, some skirmish games. Kind of a bit of both. I mean, you like the storytelling aspect of what RPG yeah. brings. And um, I mean, an RPG is basically it's a cooperative storytelling. Oh, yeah. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, you combine that with your love of skirmish games, tabletop, you know, and creating oh, yeah. uh, this world to get sucked into, 
You know, that's your, that's your terrain. That's, right. build. that's my, that's my jam right there, man. What about you? What have you been working on? Well, uh, you know, we've been doing a lot of times we talk doing our shorts, uh, our yep. Wednesday night show. We've been lately talking about a lot of RPG stuff. Yeah. Um, I think the RPG bug has bit both of us you're already doing it so oh yeah i'm already we are in man i'm being ready to kill some character oh i mean um uh, (laughs) happily participate in the demise of some of my participants how about that me i'm dragging my feet a little bit um and that's because the the player group that i got together uh they're mostly new players i have one experienced player in there and uh just scheduling and everything with the way uh, it is in the world, you know, people are busy. So oh, yeah. I actually haven't nailed down a solid day, but I still been prepping and doing notes and getting minis painted. And well, now, now you set some sort of mini painting record for yourself the other yes, night. I did. I you want to share night. that? So was, that wasn't on shorts. That was on our no, Monday, Monday night. Was it? That was or Monday was night. It, it was paint on the desk. It was one of our paint sessions and I had a bunch of wolves and dire wolves in front of me and uh, I had them primed, and I, I can't help it. I'm using Zombicide minis yeah. that I kind of cleaned up, and I mean they're they're wolves. They're that's the nice thing about Simon is they give you all those minis that you can yeah. use for something. Oh yeah, had them set, and from start to finish, and what we went just over an hour. I had them yeah, all not too much over that painted and uh, dry brushed, and like twenty of them. Now is what I did. Now for those of you who have never joined us on paint on the desk on our Monday nights. We do that at nine o'clock. I would like to point out that normally Eric might maybe (laughs) possibly finish one model, but only if that one was already halfway complete. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might so, get all the base coating done on right. it. I'm just I'm too meticulous where it's like, oh, I went over where I didn't want to. I got to so, clean that off. Yeah, so for like 16 models, that's pretty impressive. That's a pretty impressive evening. I, but you know, I, I don't wanna, know I, what I did. I, hey, man, it works. <laughs> I, I want to do another shout out, though, because we've been doing the Indian Invasion shorts on Wednesday nights. And if you guys haven't checked those out, please join us. We start them at 930. It's 30 minutes. We're just running our mouths about games. But we have had, even though a lot of the people on there are not patrons on patreon we have had just fantastic participation mm-hmm. it has been an absolute blast some nights so it's if, hard to keep up with the yeah, the, yeah comments. the comments uh so if you haven't checked that out please pop over and check that out we do that we live stream that on twitch facebook and uh the old youtubes mm-hmm. and it's a lot it's a lot of fun yeah so, but you, that's if, just props to those guys that have been <laughs> participating because they they're they're the ones that have been making it so much fun yeah and all you guys have to do is just like one of the platforms and uh like youtube and twitch has a little bell icon so yeah uh, when we do go live you guys are notified that we're going live boom baby just like that <laughs> but yeah so that's kind of what i've been working on is just prepping stuff uh last weekend i got a bunch of different like generic maps so i can use the grid system for if uh, players get into because i had none of this none of this i'm kind of like you old school uh haven't played this actually myself probably since the 80s um when i was a kid and i have some stuff left over from that right that you know time but but it's okay because we have todd to find stuff for us in stores across the world for us to buy (laughs) yeah he he helps us part with our money oh yes thank you todd for when you're listening you're getting all kinds of shout out bookshelf (laughs) 
I did, right? I had I had to get rid of some terrain. I have a terrain purge coming up for anyone local that's listening. Um, there'd be a terrain purge coming up at my house. All you got to do is get it the day I'm getting rid of it. There you go. There you go. Got to make room for new stuff. That's right. That's right. Got new stuff to build, new things to buy. Got some new books coming. I got, I got stuff to do. Man, oh, man. But that's about what we've been working on. Um, any thing of uh like new games or anything you've seen out there that um, uh, kind of caught your eye i mean i have I, one that i don't know if i want to save for more <laughs> of a formal talk but because it's not out yet it's just a teaser well i do i do have actually so alan our buddy slash sponsor from discover games down in fayetteville georgia i have my bell ready st- ding, ding, stopped, ding, ding. By, <laughs> stopped by the house today uh, they were up here at their condo and he was talking seven TV from crooked dice games, mm, which is okay. a pulp game. Now I've got pulp alley and I really like pulp alley. I just don't have anyone to play it with. So I've only gotten a couple games in and seven TV is similar. It's I got a lot of same. their minis. I do have a lot of their minis. I got, I got quite a few crooked dice minis. I've got, I've got a couple hundred painted uh, pulp miniatures but he started he started in with it so you know what that means it's like mm-hmm. okay you started in with it i guess i'm gonna have to check out seven tv so i think he just put a big order in for the store <laughs> uh, he should have so he should have some seven tv but the other thing i want to say about that too is um very shortly i think thursday this week so today is the 11th so this won't this won't air today today's the 11th so the thursday of this week what he's getting in is he's got some, he found a new distributor for his metal polyhedral dice sets. Mm, Okay. And, and he's got them in custom black discover games boxes. So if you're looking for a set of metal dice, he's got really good prices on his too. I think he, I think they're going to go for around 30 bucks for a full set, which is have some picked out already. Yeah. She does like her metal dice and then I roll them for her and I don't roll them well, but I do roll them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a set just because it's got the Discover Games logo on it, and because as we discussed on our shorts, we're starting a we're starting a new club for Indie Invasion. Thinking about getting a patch, kind of like the II Indie Invasion. It's our support yeah, group, so support you'll need a, you'll need a sponsor and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> or we could get if we can't manage the patch, we just get the little pin that you can put on the collar. There you go. Lapel pin. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's it. So that's, <laughs> I, that's, that's the, that's the newer ones I have coming. Of course, seven TV is not really new, but it's been around uh, for a while. And yeah. I, I know the guys over at battle hammer, uh, Parker, he's really big into that. Cause he likes the minis. And, mm. um, I think that's where I got the idea. Cause, uh, they play urban manhunt also, right. and they right. use a lot of the crooked dice, uh, minis, for that game because it's it's that company makes these minis that you can use in whatever game you want which is what's great but they're oh yeah all, some of them are not i mean some of my favorite minis i got from crooked dice like thundar and Ukra right. and yeah banana yeah. splits you know i got those all from them yeah they and, just have some really unique stuff yeah yeah i mean they got the kind of minis for the fans and and stuff and yeah i need to talk to alan because uh over the weekend i was I found in my travels through YouTube universe uh, a couple <laughs> videos on Mythos. And, you know, I never quite gave it a deep look. Right. And I was watching the guy because there's not much out there. 
and this guy was kind of right. in that boat of, you know what, I'm just going to make my own then. So I was watching his video and it kind of perked my interest a little bit because he was yeah. doing a, a like the not a you know hardcore rules, but he was giving a general overview of it. Uh, yeah, I got you. And I was like, hmm, OK, now I kind of understand how the game works a little bit that it, it was enough to perk my interest. Um, so and I mean. The, the this content creator he was saying that you know he was looking at some of War Cradle's games and do you remember they, who the content creator was? Uh, I would have to go back and look it All up. Right. Um, I was just wondering we'd give him a little shout, you know, since you found yeah, something cool. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. Um, but he was saying that the other games like Wild West Exodus was a little bit too right. big for him. You know, right. he he wanted something really small skirmish game that you could get quick on the table, play in maybe an hour. And he looked at Mythos, and that was his game for him because you're only fielding like five models, you yeah. know, about that. And they, the way that the system worked is pretty quick. You know, it's you're rolling D6s, and your your target number for whatever the rolls are is 13, which is very thematic. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so, and it just, it kind of interests me, some of the rules that were a little bit different, you know, than what you're used to for a skirmish game. And uh, it's almost like it's meant to be a little, not simplified, but quick, you know, and, and kind of straightforward. It's not like bogged down with a ton yeah. of keywords and stuff like that. So it kind of perked my interest this weekend. Um, so we'll see. All right. Because <laughs> I know right, Alan well. carries that stuff. And uh, so the magic of editing Mac... I went and looked. It's Gaming Geek is the the content creator that made that little video uh, okay. for Mythos. Um, On a side note, he also does a really good one of Core Space. So. Okay, so you know you've seen his stuff. I, then. Yeah, I have. I think that Mythos one was the first time I came across his stuff online, and I was very impressed. I liked I liked the the format that he had and he used yeah. for for the game, and he gave some really nice tips for. Uh, like the cheat sheets and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in Mythos, go ahead and search out that on YouTube and uh, maybe get sucked in like I think I am. <laughs> yep, and you can check out, we did an interview way back. I think that was our very first podcast was an interview with Chris Pond from yeah. War Cradle about Mythos. I don't so. even think I was part of that. <laughs> no, you couldn't be there. That's right, you weren't. It was um, yeah. it was Alan and I. So yeah, yeah you yeah. weren't even there for that one. So if you want to get super old school indie invasion, which is you know like a year, uh, you can go way, yeah. way, way, way back, way back to the beginning of COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was basically right at the start of yeah. uh, the 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 apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> the mythos apocalypse, I guess. Like maybe we start maybe Chris started it with mythos, I don't know. Maybe he started the apocalypse. Maybe it was a Cthulhu thing, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we can't talk bad about Mr. Chris Pond. <laughs> hey man, maybe he started it. I don't know. We might have to do another interview and see if it was him. <laughs> well, today, Mac, we're going to finish off our last faction for waterlogged in the drowned earth uh, the and this is one of your favorite ones today isn't it well until the kickstarter delivers oh. this is my favorite one okay well we get some time to be your favorite the, still <laughs> the only reason the only reason that the new one 
will be my favorite is because I got to design a miniature for the new faction, the pirates. So, so, you know, I mean, come on, how can you, what do you, you can't expect me to like another faction more than the one I got to design something for. Right. Come on. That's just crazy talk right there. (laughs) So yes, we're going to talk about my favorite faction to play and my favorite faction as far as fluff. And I don't know, I, I always tend to be in, prior military being a veteran myself i whenever there's some sort of military you know, organized military thing going on in a skirmish game i kind of gravitate towards mm-hmm. that anyway so what we have is what do we have well we're going to talk about the militia so let's go ahead and move into our main feature yeah, of today's where we, episode this is where we scooby-doo change All right. Are you ready for some rolling? Let's keep rolling. All right. So welcome to the militia in this next section called Waterlogged, the accidentally named segment of the Drowned Earth that we do. (laughs) The catchphrase for the militia is always watching, always prepared. As usual, if you want to hear the dramatic version of all of that reading, we do have the faction talk stuff up on the podcast on Podbean. You can go back and you can listen to some dramatic reading descriptions of what it says in the book about the militia, which is kind of fun. So let's talk militia. Okay. The militia, which is my favorite faction because they have a military bent to them. So in the world of Uliah, basically it's a dangerous place Mm -hmm. and you got all of these little towns and they've got to deal with the jungle, the monsters, the dinosaurs, and bandits. As I say, and so, the bad guys. Right, right. And the bad guys. So basically what ends up happening in the the story arc of Yalaya is you you have these these vulnerable um, towns scattered around through the lagoon network, mm-hmm. and people have to step up to the plate to defend their their communities. And that's how the militias were were started. And there's a catchphrase that's in the books and it says that there's two types of settlements in Uliah fortified settlements and soon to be dead settlements. <laughs> so those are the only two types that there are. So you've got all of these different kinds of militias that are scattered about, you know, you got basically your, your basic guys, your ditch diggers, your farmers, your, mm-hmm. uh, your craftsmen that take up arms in the defense of the city. But as humanity or you know, the Saurians and the Barangi, the humanity, generally speaking, has progressed. A lot of these towns have developed more and more organized militaries, uh, almost to the point where, you know, it's a it's a legitimate military where you're not you're not dealing with your farmers and your craftsmen coming to defend the towns. You got it. You have a bona fide military that's happening. So that's what that's kind of the point that they're at. Now you have these well-trained militias. The name has just kind of stuck that right there. The keyword they're trained. So they're actually, you know, they know what they're doing. They're not, you know, part time, you know, military. And and there's still, as far as the fluff goes, there's still a lot of them that are just, you know, regular dudes picking up weapons to defend okay. their, to defend their region. But the whole history of it is like, we're talking about, that's how they, that was how they grew up. But then 
the majority of the game world, and, and we've discussed this before, how James has taken just like a slice of Eulia and said, here you go. Here's what I wrote about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm keeping the rest of it secret. And I, w- I always wonder, okay, are you really keeping the rest of it a secret? Or are you just leaving the rest of it for us to explore and make our own? Either Which way, kinda, that, that's cool. And either yeah. way, I mean, that you can tell your own stories uh, from yeah. table to table uh, is a, the really neat thing about Drowned Earth, I yeah. think. Yeah, absolutely. So the as we come into this particular militia faction, the majority of the game takes place in the Great Lagoon Network. So that's mm-hmm. the you know just this big area of Eulia. And the towns, there's five towns in, in, uh, that they call the Pentangle. Right. So you got these towns, the bridge, hijack, Woodlake, Arbor and Skyton. These are these are the towns. And they've basically organized this mutual agreement of defending. So that 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 military has, even though each town has their own independent militia, they still work together to a certain degree. And of course you, and you guys go and read the book, get yourself the book, read the fluff. It's worth it. Cause I'm not going to get into the political intrigue part of it. The power plays that are going on between these five towns um, and who's really in charge and pulling resources yeah. from this place and all that kind of stuff. So all that stuff is there in the story. That's all there in the story. But what you basically have is because of the feel of that, that political maneuvering that's going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of these militias have taken a step back from that major organization to just kind of take care of their own. But now they're all well-trained, well-prepared, well-outfitted. And so you've got these five towns and there's smaller towns within, within that alliance too, but they're just not, they're not named. They're not the, they're not the big boys, if you will. They're not part of the pentangle, the big five. So so they've begun to withdraw a bit from what they refer to as the Pentangled Defense Force. Okay. Or, or the PDF. <laughs> can you read that? <laughs> you can. You can you, and you can send it and they print really easy. All so, right. yeah. <laughs> you can usually get a cheaper copy of it in PDF format than you can in do the they, Do in they the spiral actual, bound that? <laughs> they probably will. You can probably get spiral bound with a nice glossy cover oh on it God. and everything. So, that went that was way not the right thing. Sorry, James. We didn't mean to do that. We weren't making fun of the Pentangle Defense Force. Yes, we were. We were. We I uh. take that back. We were. So, and then that brings us to the actual faction that you get to use, which is 4X crew. Okay. And what do you know about them? Do you, do you know anything about them now? I've never seen seen these ones in physical uh, other than, you know, what's in the book. Gotcha. That's it. I I know they got a big elephant. (laughs) They don't wrong faction. That's the Wayfarers. That's how much I know. That's the Wayfarers. They have (laughs) Kalhana, but see, that's the thing. What do you, I mean, really, what do you expect? We can't know everything about every game, right? But we, we just, we're into too many of them. And if you wonder why we're into too many of them, go listen to Wednesday nights shorts because that's what we were talking about that's that's where we have our little time on the couch (laughs) right that's right that's our therapy (laughs) session on the couch so that's where we get into 4x crew so 4x crew is from skyton and skyton is one of those five towns in the pentangle okay okay and he is actually a diverg which is uh, they're not really dwarves but 
that's kind of that's the easiest way to describe them they're they're humanoid they're smaller they're stockier they're stronger they're very taciturn and serious generally Mm -hmm. speaking so they're they're kind of a dwarf dwarf Um, hobbit more dwarf it's way way more dwarf than hobbit way more dwarf than hobbit but that's kind that's just for the like if you haven't heard of the drowned earth and you haven't read about the diverg there's much more to them than that Mm -hmm. but that's kind of like a good introductory hey if you wanted to get a concept of what they are this is kind of what they are so so you have forek well remember all those political machinations i was talking about well the leader of skyton governor rug he he's the one that hired forek to be the head of their militia and forek was like okay that's cool but here's the thing if i do this then it has to be done the way I want it to be done. So he he gave him conditions. He's like, I'm going to train everybody the way I want to train them, period. And there's certain things that the Pentangle Defense Force will have zero access to, period. Never goes to him. No sharing of this stuff. And he was doing it solely for the purpose of defending Skyton, okay. period. Because he's not from Skyton. He's from, uh, he's from Blackwater uh, Rig, which is it's a diverge stronghold basically. Uh, and if you were to, at least in, in my mind and in, in a lot of the artwork, if you were to visualize that, if you can kind of visualize an oil rig sitting out in that's the water, post apocalyptic yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much them. So that is, that's, that's the crew. And Forek is a lead from the front dude. He's, Uh, He's described as an inspiring man of action who commands devotion and loyalty amongst his people. Bum, bum, bum. Cue heroic music right there. Possibly even something from the original Conan soundtrack for that one. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's that's good stuff right there. So um, but so then we get into Forek. Forek is the leader. Forek is a really cool model. Uh, They're all really cool models. But Forek is one of my favorite models. His mounted version comes in. A loader. And when I say loader, I mean like aliens, like loader, yeah, Ripley, Ripley in the loader. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. In a power loader with a big, gigantic triceratops skull on the top of That's it. That's right. Yeah. Because Forek is one bad dude. That's why. <laughs> Plus, he's got a cigar in his mouth. He's very Schwarzenegger, say, Predator, he, Commando. He kind of yeah. reminds me of, yeah, Commando. If you just yeah. gave him some, you know, some of the, uh, the face body paint yep. and camo. Yep. It's almost like when you put him on the table to play and you start playing and you get your objective and it's time to bolt, you can't help but go get to the chopper. I mean, you just, you almost have to, when you're playing the militia, (laughs) that's that's right. That's right. Get to the chopper. Um, So you got four again, he's a diverg. And when he got there to Skyton, it was a bunch of untrained volunteers and he has turned it into really one of the, one of the best, militias in the pentangle defense force just because of how he is like i said he was born blackwater rig uh community of diverg now he has a really cool story what i love about it is he was he was typically he was typical of what you would expect so far of the description he was part of their defense force in blackwater rig he was in the special command force that got to travel all over the place, all these clandestine interests fought in these battles all over the place. Then he leads this one black ops mission against the iron guild, which we talked about back with the, uh, the bondsman and his whole crews wiped out. 
he's the only survivor. And he, for three weeks now, so he gets caught. He's the only survivor. His transportation is destroyed and he can't make it back. So he survives. He, he's avoiding capture for three weeks in this really dangerous part uh, uh, called the Varuga Tangle, which is just, it's super deadly, but he gets captured. Mm-hmm. They torture him, sentenced to death. Then all of a sudden he shows up again. He refuses to tell his command how he gets away. So he's court-martialed at Blackwater Rig. Cue the next part. He shows up in Skyton. Governor Ruge has heard about Forek and in the position he's in, he's like, oh, we want this guy to lead. So there's there's some of that intrigue that keeps popping back up throughout stuff, throughout these factions as we as we talk about them, right? Like, Papa Vink, the the mystery of Papa Vink in the fern, like nobody, yeah. what's really going on? Well, kind of the same thing with Forek. My my whole imaginary road that goes down here for me on this one is it's like one of the other people in one of the other factions is who helped him escape. So that's why there's that. Uh, but that's purely a guess. I have no inside information. That's just my brain going a million miles an yeah. hour trying to figure everything out. So he is. Uh, He's obsessed with excellence. He's hardcore and he does have a child. So his, his like primary motivation is making Skyton as safe as possible period for his child to grow up in that. That's what, that's what he wants. And that is the leader. That's interesting. Do you have any any questions? (laughs) It's interesting. They, they added that kind of element to uh, his background and his character. Uh, that he's a single parent, you know, and yeah. his motivation is, you know, he, it, it says that he's devoted to the men and women of his crew. Yep. But no more than his child, this child that he's raising by right. himself. And I think that's one of the things, again, that always brings me back to the Drowned Earth being one of my favorite games is because the story is rich. You don't just have, okay, here's this superficial story. You've got, you've got all of these layers of, you know, as Shrek would say, like an onion, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but you do, you have all of these layers, just, just like uh, Hosk in the firm and all of these other dudes scattered and, and, and girls scattered throughout um, the factions. You've got all of these interesting stories and it just, it lends them a little bit of extra flavor mm-hmm. because the next dude is my favorite. Yeah, and I was going to say, you have to talk about uh, the next dude here. Yeah, okay, so so the next dude, he's hated by those who play against the militia. <laughs> he is hated because he's a sniper, but he has the best story. So I'm going to tell you why his story resonates with me so much. So my all-time favorite movie, best movie ever, I can watch it a million times. I can watch it back-to-back over and over again, is The Outlaw Josie Wales. I wonder if that was an inspiration for Hope. I I don't know. I should ask James, but that is my all-time favorite movie. Buzzards got to eat, same as worms. Okay, now you got to go watch the movie to find out what that (laughs) reference is, okay? So this is Hove Denaga. And if you've seen The Outlaw Josie Wales, this is basically the story of Hove. So he, you know, he lives in this safe community. He gets married. He's like, oh, we want to, we want to ma- find our own place. We want to make our own way, and that's what we want to do. 
So they go out. Everybody tells them, don't go out. It's too dangerous, too dangerous. Well, they find this slice of paradise, man. This this flat area, hilltop, kind of raised up above the jungle. It's got a freshwater spring. It's got one way to get up to the top. It's like perfect. It's safe. He's out hunting one day. Bam, outlaw Josie Wales right here. Raiders show up, burn down his farm. He comes back to the smoking ruins and the bones of his child and his wife. Mm-hmm. That is straight up the outlaw Josie Wales. That's the only difference is he didn't go dig his pistols out of the burned up house. Right? Yeah. Um, and he didn't fight any Kansas red legs either. So, so here's this dude, no military experience, nothing. He didn't know what he's doing. He's basically a farmer. Yeah. He's totally a farmer. He has no idea what he's doing, but he's like, he's broken. He's like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm gonna find these dudes and I'm gonna kill them. So he goes after him. Well, he loses them because they get in a boat, no way to track them. Well, he is the only thing driving him is revenge nothing else just revenge and he hunts and he hunts and he hunts and he hunts until he gets all of them but one for six years he's hunting these guys down and this whole time now remember it's like we talked about with Uliah why there's a militia it's a dangerous place man you you don't just walk around in the jungle especially not by yourself especially not knowing what you're doing well Hove is sharpened to a razor edge he becomes this lethal sniper, this lethal jungle man. It's like he's like a ghost in the jungle. And he ends up catching all of them, gets to this last town, this rundown town, and he's in a tap shack. So a tap shack, for those of you that haven't read any of the Uliah Chronicles, well, I guess you wouldn't have read the Uliah Chronicles. It's not out yet, but any of the drowned earth fluff is it's basically a bar. Tap shack, you know, tap beer, tap, it's tap yeah. shack, right? So he goes in there and he's trying to find the last dude. And for some reason, doesn't really explain it, probably because it was in the script, but doesn't explain why. Forek is there and he spills his story. He throws his whole story out there. Something is compelling about Forek and he tells him the whole story. And Forek's like, hey, I know where that dude is. Like, I know exactly where that dude is, and I will tell you. And not only will I tell you, I'll help you plan the ambush to kill him. But you, when you're done and you're out of the revenge business, you come work with me. Well, Hove didn't have anything else to do. He had never even thought about what he was going to yeah. do after he gotten the last guy. I mean, his whole life had been revenge. So he says, okay. So he pops the last guy. He joins the militia. It's now four years later, and he has adopted Skyton. And basically his his mindset is he won't let the same thing happen to someone else that happened to him. So yeah. that's that's his whole devotion to Skyton and to Forek and, and the crew. So he is totally my favorite character. He's so my favorite character. And he has like this piece of cloth hanging from his belt. It's probably not what I painted it as but I painted it like it was a piece of his wife's dress mm-hmm. like hanging on his belt as he travels. And he's such a cool model too. And he's a really good shot and he can hit you from really, really <laughs> far away. And, and guns are super dangerous in the drowned earth. So people hate him and I love him. I love him. He's the best. <laughs> so that is Hove and Hove is the man. I love Hove. Me and Hove, we go, we go way back. We go way back. 
like from when the game first came out. For first, yeah, when it first started, that was the <laughs> first faction you you probably got, right? Well, I got everybody at the same time because I oh. went all in on the first Kickstarter because I had to have I had to have everything for this game. <laughs> I, I had to, and and I still this is this is the only game that I have that I own absolutely everything for. Mm-hmm. Um, and which which this is one of those ones like we talked about Wednesday night that that's actually kind of realistic because you're talking about at most I think the firm I think it's the firm that currently has the most models and I, I want to say they have eight yeah I think so and, and 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 that's that's the biggest faction that's it eight um, now of course you can go nuts with dinosaurs there's a couple of guys Bryce uh, I don't even know if he listens or not but some of you drowned earthers know Bryce in the uh, Facebook group but he's a that, that man is a dinosaur junkie he's got, <laughs> he's got like 16 of every oh dinosaur that has been really and they're all painted too and and they're painted ridiculously good too mm. I mean, they're they're amazing they're absolutely amazing so go over and check out the drowned earth fan page on the Facebook group if you want to see some really 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 amazing dinosaur painting he's not the only one there's a lot of guys in that group that are just i, I mean killer 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 yeah, painters. knocking it out of the park yeah really and they just kind of lend themselves to it so who do we have next all right so i made i did this on purpose I'm yeah i know you did <laughs> I've, been, I've been sitting hey, here looking at it practicing I, I, I did not make you say the saurian's name no see how nice i was uh man i don't even know come on you can do it Okay, the J is probably silent. Chuchita. Okay, I was thinking that. Chuchita. I can't even say it after you say it. And then the last one is. I'm going. Now I could be wrong, and James, feel free to be feel free to message me with the correct pronunciation. I say it as Juchita Conef. Conef. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's that's what that. I say. That could totally be wrong. Um, the joy of these games is since we make all these names up anyway, nobody except the person that designed it really knows how you're supposed to say it. That's yeah, just I, I wish I could show this to like Google and have Google tell it tell me what oh, it that is. would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be great. That would be so awesome. Get Siri to tell you to yeah. Siri, read the drowned earth read book this. to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Juchita is our medic. Well, which I didn't even bother to point out. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. But obviously, Forek is the leader and uh, Hove is your scout. Okay. So he's he's your scout. And we, we, we play with a little bit of homebrew rules. Like technically, you're not supposed to deploy anybody up on buildings. But mm-hmm. we we normally play on a really small board that's like three to four feet tall. So, so we yeah. deploy, we deploy up on top of stuff, even though it's not a uh, tournament legal, you can't do that in an actual game, but it makes it, it makes it fun and it makes it hard with your snipers and you really got to utilize cover. But anyway, he's your scout and Juchita is your medic, which okay. what that, what that really means, at least when I play is that she will be on the opposite side of the board of where I need her. <laughs> at all at all times <laughs> at all times she will be on the opposite side of the board so she's pretty cool too now i like her story i feel like i feel like her story has a lot more room to advance and the reason i'm saying that is because so many of these characters are so so deeply developed mm-hmm. that i almost feel like her depth is 
a little shallower intentionally for room to grow. Like there's, I feel like there's some characters throughout here that are a little shallower just so they would have room to grow. Just my two cents. She still has a great story because her story is basically, she comes from this town uh, in the Virugu Tangle, that dangerous place we were talking about where, where Forek was um, lost for those three weeks when he was in that raid. Right. And they, it was a, the, the Conef tribe is this community that was founded from slaves that had escaped. So they were very insular, like nobody, they didn't let people in. They, there were everything that they, the elders would tell the children was stuff like, Oh, don't go outside of the village because it's too dangerous. And if you step outside the village, you know, it's ROUSs, rodents of unusual size. And <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys got that reference because we're a bunch of nerds talking here, but you know, just everything was danger, 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 as horrible as it could be to try and keep them. Well, we all know because we were all kids and teenagers at one point. All the teenagers here is that sounds like exciting adventure instead of the warnings and the danger. Well, that was kind of her. And she dreamed of exploring, but she knew I'm never getting out of this town. You know, typical teen story. I'm never going to yeah, get out. Small town. Well, exactly. So, well, circumstances happen and this wounded Barangi shows up. And this is how insular this community was, right? They're debating about whether or not they should heal this wounded Barangi or go dump him out in the woods close to the Barangi village that's nearby so that the Barangi can take care of it and they don't have to. <laughs> it's like, nice. wow, y'all are kind of jacked up, man. Yeah, right? It's kind of cold. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, compassion wins the day. Okay, compassion wins the day, and they take care of him. He's out for like two days. And when he finally wakes up, he tells him, hey, there's this horrible group of, of raiders coming, and you know, I got shot. They thought I was dead. I escaped. They destroyed our village, and they took all of our people, and they're coming this way. And help me get my people back. And, of course, they, they barely helped him. So they're like, yeah, um, we're not going to do that. We're just going to move. Yeah, we're gonna go somewhere else so they can't find us. And it's like, um, no, that's probably not a good idea. Why would we do that? But they now again, compassion won the day. They invited him to come with them. They said, no, just leave all your people in bondage and you just come with us and hide in the woods. <laughs> okay, man, y'all are messed up. So we are getting a little bit of those messed up people again. Okay, just like the other one when we were talking about Hosk and and yeah. uh, Fan Kanye, all those guys. I mean, that's, that's bit... self-preservation to its highest right, right there. We're just <laughs> right? going to hide in the woods. <laughs> we're just going to go hide in the woods. You can come with us if you want to yeah. come hide with us. <laughs> well, well, Juchita was fortunately cut from a different cloth, and she was embarrassed by the fact that they were cowards. Mm -hmm. um, so she offers to help him and she says she tells him she hears about this place where there's an army of Verg who have freed slaves, which is Blackwater Rig. So they go there and they beg for help where they meet Forek, who offers to help conditionally. Right. I'm mm -hmm. going to help. But once the rescue mission is over, two years, that's all he wanted. Two years of service. Well, Juchita has been with him for six years. So obviously she's, this is, this is what she wanted. This is the adventure she wanted. Well, she's the medic. So that just, like I said, all that means is that she consistently is on the opposite side of the board where I need her, <laughs> or she's at the very top of the building and I'm at the very bottom of the building you know, and, and need her. It's listening to like how these 
characters connected up with this crew. It just, I don't know. I'm getting visions of the A team in my head of, you know, oh, Hey, look, he's going for, out and getting the, the specialized troops. Listen, I'm going to tell you, man, if you don't paint, your Forek model like Schwarzenegger, you could easily paint him up as George Papard. Oh yeah. And if, <laughs> and if you and if you got some serious green stuff skills, you can give him that sweet jacket that he had in the A team. Yeah. Because he yeah. loves it when a plan comes together. And he's already got the cigar. So that's right. He's already got it. So all they need now is a oh now I'm gonna have to find myself a little A team van. Put oh, some yeah. like tank treads on it and stuff, make it uh, you know appropriate what? for the drowned earth. I bet you you could find a mystery machine that you could easily turn into the oh, yeah, because there's one man. they have the mystery machine. I know they have them at like the Dollar Trees yeah. and the, whatever your local like we have big lots down here. I don't know how far big lots goes, but Dollar General, Dollar Tree, Menards, all those places that you can that they have the car yeah, rack. I don't I don't have any of this faction. Now I have to get it so I oh, can do that. You got to. Oh man, it's the best. I'm going to make the A team, I guess now. The, but the militia is the best. <laughs> Cuz I loved are. that show as a kid. <laughs> Cuz look, okay, I'm going to tell you right now, the next dude Right. Who I will not make you say his name unless you want to, because he yeah, is one of the see that one. That's one of those uh, the 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 tongue turn uh, oh, twisting yeah. ones. Oh yeah. But now that we're talking a team, this is Murdoch. Oh boy, <laughs> this is most definitely Murdoch if it's anybody. So next up we have the Saurian. Now this is also this is my favorite Saurian model. So every faction comes with one of the dinosaur slash lizard dudes, the Saurians, right? But he has a toothpick in his mouth, a pair of shades, and a beret. He is just too cool for school, man. <laughs> he, he's awesome. And he's got a crossbow. So he's really cool. So this is Kratsk Malkfo. Did you get that? Because it's going to be a quiz. Yeah. The Malkfo I got. The, the okay. first part, I can't say that even after you say that either. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> basically, he was kind of a loose cannon. He was lazy. Uh, I love I love the opening line. He's joins the Skyton militia was the best thing that ever could have happened to him as far as his father was concerned, because he didn't think the boy was good for anything else. <laughs> it's like, wow, thanks, Dad. So mom, he, and he's got a little bit of a sad backstory. Mom killed in a raider attack when he was little. Um, his father was an assistant on the Skyton dock as a mechanic. Uh, he was loving, but hands off. So, you know, crates kind of just did his own thing. Yeah. And over, over years being around his dad, he picked up the skills that his dad had. He, he's a mechanic. So he's your, he's your mechanic Okay. in, in your group. Also the person that's on the opposite side of the board from me when I <laughs> break um, a gun, when I break a gun. Yep. He can fix my gun, but I'm never <laughs> close enough to him to do that. Um, but he was totally undisciplined, no focus, way smart. I mean, he could fix anything, basically, is, is the what is what you get from the story. He could fix anything. But, he, you know, he's like, yeah, I can fix it, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> totally didn't lag discipline. That <laughs> The beret and the sunglasses were really kicking in, right? So uh, he wasn't really a delinquent, but more like a uh, it, there was no hope for him. It's like, you're just a loser, dude. Cause you're, you're so undisciplined. You're never going to do anything good. But again, circumstances give him a break. Right. So he's news comes in that there's a, a boat that had broken down upstream. 
vital cargo of medical supplies and a bunch of raider activity near it. So Governor Ruge, who we know about because he's the one hired Forek, right? He sends out the militia. They need a mechanic to fix the boat, bring it back in. Well, Crate's father, he would have been the he would have been the one to go to because he was he was the dock mechanic. He was the guy that could have done it. But his hand was busted from a work accident. So he couldn't go. Boss was backed up with all kinds of extra work and wouldn't join the mission at any cost. Well, Crates gets an opportunity. It's like, you can go. You can go do this. And it was in super trouble. They get there. He finds out what's wrong. He's got to work on doing all this bypass stuff, jerry-rigging stuff to get the, 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 the boat going. Well, naturally, because it wouldn't be a good story if the Raiders didn't attack right when he was working on it. So they do because it was in the script. So that's what they needed to do. So they attack and he's under pressure and there's all this gunfire. And Forek was naturally the guy leading to go retrieve this important cache of medical supplies. So he was the one in charge and uh, he sees crates like he's focused, he's disciplined, he's working under pressure, under fire, and he's just knocking it out of the park. Mission 100% success. And it turns out he loves the military life that it was perfect for him. It was like the direction that he needed. He's brave, loyal. He's uh, he's experienced and protecting Skyton. I love the description. It says here, it says that, um, that his protection and support of the Skyton community is the only task he's ever truly taken seriously. So the cool thing about these, the militia is that it's like they're, they're the, they're dedicated heroes, Mm-hmm. to where they are and and even in juchita's little part of the story where she doesn't have that they, they it doesn't come out right out and say that uh you know she's devoted to skyton but it implies that because she had to do two years and she's on her sixth year she's not yeah. going anywhere she's there too and so th- this is easily my favorite saurian model because he's awesome and he's a troublemaker and he's awesome and he's got a beret and sunglasses he's they, just too cool He's kind of got that goofball um, personality, but when it comes down to it, he's, yeah, he's just, a dedicated, Just committed, like Murdoch. Yeah. Committed is the right word, just like Murdoch. <laughs> so We're going to totally lose some people on some of these references tonight, yeah. but that's okay. That's so okay. does so, that mean the next one is uh, B.A.? Well, um, except for the fact that it's Her a face? girl. Okay. It, it's, it is a girl. Um, but she is the Barangi and she is the tough. So yeah, it's, I would okay. go with, uh, it's definitely BA okay. and she, and besides that, you have to buy the militia for no other reason than everyone needs a gorilla with a minigun. Oh yeah. Everyone right. needs yeah. a gorilla with a minigun and that's what Ranel has. So you got Ranel and Sala and her story is. I feel like it's a little bit like Juchita's like there's room for the story to grow because yeah, again, they just give you a, a, a taste of a little bit yeah. of her background where she comes from. Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. They really do. So, you know, she was in a, um, a place called uh, Sky City of the Kaijin Kai and she was born with high adventure in her blood. That's what that's what it says about her. And only the traders and guards, kind of like Juchita too, same sort of environment. They, they were the only ones allowed outside the city walls without any kind of special circumstances. Okay, so that's what she wanted. So naturally, she joins the 
she wants to be part of that. She wants to get out. She wants to see all of this stuff, but the Barangi are very secretive. So she's, like I said, she's a Barangi. So she comes from this uh, Barangi city and it's a lot of secrecy is they try to maintain a lot of secrecy. So for most of them, that keeps them satisfied. But you know, when you're that adventurous one, which Ronell of course is, she wants to join the city guard and the rain and the Rangers, you got the regular city guard. They do patrols out of the city, right? But the Rangers scout way out past the lowlands and the mountains, sometimes gone for weeks. And she wants to get in the guard, work her way up to being a Ranger. That's her, that's her dream. Mm -hmm. But she came from a family of scholars. So, you know, dad's over there writing books and he's like, you want to do what? No, I don't really think that that's a good idea. (laughs) That's a terrible idea. Don't do that. But eventually they let her, right? So 16, she begins her military training and she took to the weapons, the drills, the disciplines, all of that stuff. She took to it. Awesome. She was amazing. She loved the traveling out with the regular patrols. Bam. It was awesome. Next join the Rangers, right? Cause she wants to go far afield, but that wasn't easy. They wanted the highest level of expertise, training, fitness, mental fortitude. And she failed every time. That doesn't really sound like the hero that you want. It's like, yeah, I was going to be a Ranger, but I kept failing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's but that's what she does. So she, now she's stuck. She can't make it into the Rangers, and she still wants to. She she wants to go outside, but then there's that ingrained Barangi secrecy. You know, you can't just go wandering out. So, who shows up? Ando, our good friend Ando, who you can purchase. By the way, he is a model that you can purchase, and he was a trader from the Five Lakes district. And he was one of the few humans that were allowed regular access into Kaijin Kai. And she'd met him before. This time, though, she takes the job. Well, let me rephrase that. She doesn't really take the job. So he offered her a job as a caravan guard a bunch of times. But she did. She wanted to travel and see the world, not just live on the road, going back and forth doing these caravans. Yeah. But this time, she was accompanied by Captain Nama. Who, would, who had told her about towns like Skyton that needed these loyal soldiers. Well, she resigns her commission, travels to Skyton, and the very last line, this is why I said I think that there's a lot of room for Juchita and Ronell in particular to advance, is it says she travels to Skyton, and there her story truly began. So at that point, I read that, and I'm like, okay, James, what does that mean? I want to know the rest of the story. <laughs> you need to tell me the rest <laughs> of the story because I want to know I must know because I have to have the fluff but that is the militia and I am going to say this and any of you fellow drowned earthers or wayfarers out there listening that want to disagree with me you can but this is my show and Eric's show <laughs> and you can't stop me from saying that the militia is the best <laughs> oh man even though I may lose with the militia more often than I win that's not really a measurement for it because that's generally true of most of the games that I play. So that is not a fair assessment, but the militia is the best in my mind. And I highly recommend highly. If anybody wants to check them out, first of all, you should definitely check out the drowned earth. It is a top shelf game. It is well written, well put together, well tested. The miniatures are stunning. It's the a gameplay, huge, huge world that we yeah. have barely got a touch on of what james has in his head for yep it is um uh fantastic it's lightning fast to play it's um 
it's it's easily one of the best games out there and for me I just I want to see it grow more and more. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to check out the Drowned Earth website. You can check out Discover Games. They carry the Drowned Earth here mm-hmm. in the states. Um, you can also check out the Drowned Earth official page, but you can also check out the Facebook group and the Discord. And uh, the Discord is super active, like a lot. It's super active. There's a lot of stuff going on on Tabletop Simulator. You can get a game if yeah. you don't have anybody local that you can play with. Uh, I have never done any tabletop simulator because I have zero interest. Uh, It's just not the part of the hobby that appeals to me, but I know a lot of people have been getting games in that way. Mm -hmm. And so I cannot encourage you guys enough that if you are going to check out a small scale skirmish game that you really want to look at, you need to look at the drowned earth. Yeah. And I know that this, is one of those games that has a program, a volunteer program that, uh, you know, if you don't have the community uh, around drowned earth, well, you can become what they call it, wayfarers, wayfarers, yep, and you can do demos and build a community around this. So, oh, yeah, that's one way to get uh, a player base is just start demoing it and yep. you know, and turn on other people to the game. So, yes, turn get us more people in the militia. We must protect Skyton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you sold me on this uh, faction today because I really didn't know much about them. But now once we start going down that road of the A-team, I, I, oh, need, yeah. I need the A-team. It's all like Donkey Kong oh now, man. Gosh, stick with those gosh. 80s references. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're, they're a great fashion. And you can't go wrong with any of them. Uh, they're, they're all beautiful models. They're all very rich in flavor and fluff and character. Uh, they're fun to paint, and and I, I think one of the biggest appeals to me, at least right now, is that you can get in with five models. Yeah, and that's for for somebody that's maybe not a a great painter or maybe a slow painter, or you just don't have the desire to paint twenty or thirty models. What a great way to do that! You you can pick up one box, one starter box. That's what you need. There's yep. a couple satellite dudes for each faction that have been released, but you don't need them because everything that we covered for each faction is the core factions. That's the those are your starter boxes right there. Yep, yep. So go check them out, guys, um, and and get sunk in. <laughs> oh, get drowned. Get drowned in. Get okay. Drowned. And then uh, look forward to seeing new stuff that. Uh, should be end of summer uh, from his past Kickstarter. Yeah. That's kind of uh, a hybrid of board game, miniature game. And then that stuff you can take to play in this and vice yep. versa. And so he's expanding it already. Oh, yeah. The Uliah Chronicles, I believe June. I oh, hope June. June. I hope June because I can't wait to get my model. You want that hippo. I want that hippo, man. I want that hippo, Matthew. <laughs> yes. So yes. check it out, guys. Um, and we'll go ahead and I don't know what we're going to feature the next one. We've been talking about it, but yeah, hey, it'll be as much of a surprise for you guys we'll, as it will we'll, be for us. Yeah. So tune back into the next episode. That's right. <laughs> it won't be as long in between. We promise. Do, 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 do. All right, we have Phantom Dice and Phantom, Phantom Dice. We like to talk Dice. about 
new stuff, fun stuff that we come across. And this is not so new. Not so new. It, it, not so new. But super fun. It's super fun. And it's super fun. Something Mac wants to talk about. So, Mac, the, what do you got to talk about for it goes like ice? It goes like this. Oh, yeah, man. Let me tell you something, brother. I'm coming for you. It's the macho man <laughs> talking about Rumble Slam <laughs> from TT Combat. If you have not checked out Rumble Slam, you are missing something. Let me tell you, this is a beer and pretzels game all day long. And it is, it is, if nothing else, a 40-minute laugh fest the entire time. You cannot take this game too seriously. Mm-hmm. You can break this game. Um, if, you know, if, you're, if you're trying to be a power player, you can be. But if you're just playing this game for fun, this is a top-shelf game. So you're like, Mac, okay, what is it then? It is wrestling with goblins and orcs and ghosts and werewolves. It's like, I always look at it as, okay, we have Blood Bowl, right? Fantasy football. Well, this is fantasy wrestling. (laughs) I I always picture it as Gimli elbow-dropping Frodo. You know what I'm saying? It is amazing. (laughs) It is a fantastic game. It's super simple to play. It is super, super easy. And they're always making new stuff, too. This has been around for a while, and I just saw that they had new models come out. And I'm just like, wow, they're still supporting this game. Yes, they are. And it has – I know it doesn't have a real big – push in the states but again tt combat's in the uk so mm-hmm. you know they, they're very concentrated over there so it's kind of easy for a li- i think a little easier for them to push games over there like this smaller games but it is a great store game if you have a if you're near yeah. a store because it's in a super easy league to set up i mean we did yeah. we did an eight-man tournament in two hours wow. front to back whole tournament finished um it's got great factions starter boxes for everything it's got superstars it's actually surprisingly a little bit balanced so one of the things i've experienced is i know in a lot of games what will happen is you get um like your superstars whatever your special characters are like star Mm -hmm. players in blood bowl something like that you bring a bunch of star players and you just steamroll a standard team yeah well that's not the case in this game because your standard team has synergy that a superstar doesn't necessarily bring. You know, you might yeah. have four or five superstars, but they don't work together. They all have these really cool individual things, mm-hmm. but the team itself, they all have synergy together. So it's like they become this big, powerful team versus the individuals. And that's generally been my experience. But again, I'm not trying to break stuff, and you can. Yeah. You can definitely break stuff in the game. So it is an absolute super awesome game no doubt okay. in fact don't you have some stuff Eric? i have a starter and i have some some of those star uh wrestlers like you know y- you see an orc that looks like hulk hogan you you gotta get right it. or you, you see uh your your dwarf that looks like macho man oh you gotta yeah get it and, and yes I'm, they do have them yeah and, so I, the, and I will i will tell you when i painted nods. all of mine up I was I was looking at I was looking at wrestler outfits the whole time, mm-hmm. the whole time. So I've got my um, my dwarf, my Macho Man dwarf. I've got him painted up like NWO Macho oh, Man. That's cool. That's oh yeah, crazy. I did I did him NWO because I painted uh, one for Unipolar Games for AJ, and I did his in traditional 
Macho Man colors. Okay. So I wanted okay. to do mine NWO. And then uh, let's see, there's a, a tag team of goat men, of beast men. And I painted them up like the rockers. Oh, the okay. original Marty Janetti yeah. and Shawn Michaels rockers. Yeah. So that's what I, that's how I did all of mine is and I was constantly looking kind of the big appeal. If you're oh yeah, even somewhat of a, a classic wrestling fan, you're going to recognize a lot of these images oh, yeah. in the game. And I mean, I just saw one of the new models is it, it it's kind of funny. So it's the rock, but he's a big scorpion. So right. he, he's supposed to be the scorpion, scorpion king, king, which is kind of the rock kind of neat that they did that. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. but it, it's subtle too. They do it subtle and it is, um, it's an interesting push your luck type of game with the dice system they have. Yep. And, um, and I mean, it's simple enough too that it's all stack cards. So, you know, you know, you have your, your team roster, you have the stack cards right in front of you. So, you know, yep. you know what you have to have to work with when it comes to rolling dice and stuff. So, yeah. And like I said, 30 minutes. And if you want to check out some really good videos, rage against the dice did a uh, big series on YouTube of them playing rumble slam. Okay. So you check out rage against the dice. They have some real good videos on that. We don't have, we don't have anything on it. Um, I love playing rumble slam. You can play a game in 30 minutes. Easy. I've, I've seen it at Adepticon a couple times when yeah. they, I have a buddy that comes down from Canada and he always gets into that. Cause it, like you said, it's one of those beer and pretzel kind of yeah. lighthearted games that it's not hardcore tournament. Yeah. It may yes. be a tournament, but it's meant to be, have, you know, have fun. It is. It is so much fun when you're halfling pins and ogre. Yeah. It, just it, when, when just that for, yeah. Goofy stuff. It's super fun. So I encourage you to check that one out. That's from TT Combat. Heck, while you're over at TT Combat, they got great MDF terrain, too. And no, this is not a paid commercial. I just like TT Combat. Uh, but they got great terrain, too. And they've got Carnivale, which is a game that I like, and I love the, yeah. the models for that. So, And they've taken over a couple of other things. And uh, But go over and check them out. They've got quite an extensive collection of wrestlers now. And every time they run a Kickstarter, they add new wrestlers. Yeah. And I think we've said this before, but probably my favorite thing about TT Combat is when they do run an exclusive, it's not really exclusive. If it's yeah. a Kickstarter and you get a Kickstarter exclusive item, you can still pick it up. They make it available in their store every time they go to a convention yeah, or they're is, doing something special. So you can still get them. That's where I got all my stuff. I mean, yeah. I think the the Undertaker quote quotes that I'm doing, he's right. he's literally he's an undead. Right. Um, but I got at Adepticon, and this is it was out for a while now. I got two versions of them. I got yeah. them as the dead man and the you know the Undertaker with the hat and everything. Right. So uh yeah, I got the biker version of them and then yep. yeah, the the undertaker yep, that's right that's right so so check out rumble slam you will enjoy it and we are going to scooby-doo ourselves into flashback old classic all right mac uh in today's episode we're gonna go way back it's been a while since we've gone this far back but I'm talking 1983 Ooh, for flashback, flashback. this episode's flashback. And this is a game 
called Crossbows and Catapults. Uh, yes. Which it did have, I don't know if this was, you consider this a second edition, but it did have in uh, 2007 another version of it that was called Battlegrounds. I don't, I don't think even were... remember. I don't even remember that. I remember uh, uh, the catapults, but I don't remember the that you said that was the reissue. Yeah, it was oh seven. I think they changed the name of some of the like the the components, like the actual. Uh, you had little people in it, so I think they actually had names, um, right? Like official names, but it was originally put out by Tommy. I do not remember this company, but I do vaguely remember the game. That's T O M Y, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I rem- I remember them. Uh, and I, I think I they, put may, my f- they may co- still be around too, actually. They might be. I I, uh, I can't put my finger on uh, uh, what other games they made. Okay. Well, in Crossbows and Catapults, uh, you have two sides. Originally, it was Vikings and Barbarians. And like I said, later they kind of changed the names and... Um, you would build fortifications. So each side had like a, their castle and you had a bunch of plastic bricks that you could build around it, try to block your castle. And in the game, you took turns to attempt to destroy the other's castle with the rubber band powered crossbow. Yeah. Or catapults firing these little plastic discs at, you know, the other castle and the disc represented like your troops Right. Um, and in the later editions, it was your your orcs and knights um, and that the disc they actually called. Oh, what did they call them? They called them uh, car car. I don't know how you pronounce this. It's C-A-R-O-M-S. I know huh. I'm going to caroms caroms. That's kind of what it looks like. But they're basically little discs that represented your troops. Gotcha. And what was the game was neat is that it had four ways to basically win the game. So the the victory conditions uh, to win the game is either you topple your opponent's tower, you know, you knock it down with these discs, uh, you capture all your opponent's little disc as prisoners. So there's a, a condition that if your opponent's disc landed in a certain area, like within your your courtyard of your, you know, of your gotcha. fortress, then they were captured. You capture them, you put them in your castle, and the benefit of that is it actually weighted down your castle, so it made it harder for you know your opponent to knock it down. Did you did you get? Were you supposed to laugh maniacally when you mm-hmm. captured one? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I, I just wanted to make sure that was part of the rules because to me that just makes sense. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, a third way is have one of your your disc touch your opponent's secret treasure which was like uh, i think that was in the castle and then as we said capturing you capture all your your opponent's disc if they had nothing else to shoot at you it's like you you basically took their you know captured all their troops gotcha and then the last one is have four spies in your enemy's courtyard so if you manage to get those discs where they were just sitting in the courtyard um, it's like you infiltrated it, you know, type of thing. And right. we're doing some sneaky, sneaky stuff. But the thing that makes this game, I think, stand out and, and make people remember it the most is it was, a it was a type of game that was, it was easy to play. You know, the rules were very basic, but it was like an early introduction game, you know, like a, a gateway sure. game for yeah, kids. Yeah. 
into a, a game like this that has strategy. It kind of taught them physics of, you know, lining up your disc and moving, you know, okay, I'm going to shoot over here and how hard to, you know, pull back on the thing. So that was one of the things that I think made this game really stand out uh, for early gamers is that kind of thing. And sure. The game was around for a while and they had a ton of expansions that you could add on to this. Like uh, I think they had different kinds of weapons that you could get for your side. And uh, they had like random elements, like a dragon you can introduce to the game and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, it was kind of neat. And as a parent playing with your kid, it was really easy to maybe, you know, have your, your kid, he could win at any of, one of those four ways whereas the adult it's like well he can only win if he completes all four so it was easy to you know kind of adjust the difficulty level based on who was playing so So what you're really saying is it's not like playing Candyland with your kids no this is one that i think (laughs) you should have had with the kids um and it's funny as i i was reading online when i was looking into this a lot of people this was like their early game you know, experience into like board gaming or even, like I said, kind of your miniature game because this was an early miniatures game. They actually had the little miniatures that you could put around your castle and they could get knocked down. If they got knocked down, you take those guys too. Um, But, oh man, I lost my train of thought. Uh Uh-oh, derailed. 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 Oh, I can't help you beyond reminding you where you were. Oh, I know where I was going with it. I know where I was going with it. So one of the things that I think makes that's kind of neat about this game is a lot of people remember this game as their first experience in this kind of, you know, gaming world, whether it's board games or miniatures. And a lot of people still have this game up in their, you know, their parents' attic or basement or something. And looking around on 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 the internet, people are talking about it still. So it it has definitely made a lasting impression. And if you want to get this game though nowadays, if you go online and check this out, holy cow! I saw some stuff on your favorite place that were. I like, don't even know what place you're talking about because I'm not looking on that place right now as we're right, speaking yeah, right at all. Now, you're probably at it right now. <laughs> uh, but on eBay, I've seen this thing going and not in the greatest shape for over 200, 300, uh, a, like a super mint one you're, wow. you're talking way up there in price wow um, and this is a game that was around for a long time in print uh before it kind of went away and the the fact that they had a ton of just things you could add on to it well now was, I, I will say that let me say this about the price is um thrift stores you gotta look in thrift stores if you're looking for those kinds of things i actually found a game it's very similar from the same time frame it's from um i think it's from mattel but it's you play it on the floor and it's like a five foot board that you unfold okay and it's got battleships that have rubber bands and stuff in the bottom and you have a little submarine and basically you get all your discs together. You guys line up on the opposite sides and you just start shooting your discs across the board. And when you hit certain spots, it blows up, you know, just like the rubber band thing mm-hmm. with catapults and crossbows and all the pieces start flying out. So same basic principle. Yeah. Um, it sounds very similar. But I got I like- it at, I got it at a thrift store for $3 completely okay. intact. The only thing I had to do was obviously the rubber bands were, from yeah, the early the, 80s so i had to replace those 
Yeah, I'm sure this game was the same way. And this was like that too, where it had that that free form, you know, play on a four by six type, you know, yep. area on the floor. And, you know, you'd have discs flying all over the place. And probably I, I would assume the kids eventually would just start shooting them at each other. So yeah. <laughs> it's like Duh. you knocked out my castle, pew, 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 right in the eye. <laughs> you sank my battleship. Why, yes, I did. <laughs> but yeah, this was a, a pretty neat game. And just looking at all the different pictures of it and stuff for the 80s i mean this came out at that time when fantasy was kind of blowing up in the 80s yeah. you look at all the movies and uh just i guess you call it pop culture that was uh hitting the you know hitting all of us in right. the 80s at that time so this was it was very popular uh with the kids uh because it was just it was one of those we always use the term beer and pretzels, but this is one of those lazy afternoon type of games when you're sure. a kid, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. It had a million pieces for the, like the, many of the things, in the eighties. So of course there's, there's probably a lot of heating ducts in houses that have some of these <laughs> dumb filled little with discs the pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that, that's our flashback game this this episode guys um, yeah you know email us and let us know if you had it if you remember playing it if you had a buddy that you wish it was your game <laughs> yeah i this is one of those games that it sounds cool looks fun to just you know kind of nostalgia go down but yeah not for those prices yeah no and it. like i said the the game that i that i have i wish i could remember the name of it but i can't off the top of my head but it's a lot of fun too to play with the kids but much like that game was i'm sure it's a big mess to clean up because the one i have is a big mess because you got all the pieces and like you said air vents full oh, of yeah. the bullets I'm sure the disc like that cats like to play with that stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, another episode of flashback done again. So what kind might, of news do we have today? You like that? So, yeah. I might have to change. I got I shouldn't have done that. That's going to end up in every episode, isn't it? It's going to end <laughs> yeah. up as being the first part. So news, we got a little bit of news for you guys. So here's one that I'm super excited for. Um, now it's a new game coming out by Osprey that's that's a war game or it's a historic game but 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 very similar to dracula's america it's got a twist draculia so this is called silver bayonet a war game of no napoleonic gothic horror and this is a game by designer of frostgrave joseph mccullough yeah and the, unfortunately we don't know a whole lot about it because it was just a news release like in the last, I think, two weeks I came across it. Uh, and they're slating for October release. They're going to release it in a hardcover book like some of their more recent books, or you can get it as a PDF. But, yeah, it's basically it takes place in, the, in that time, those the Napoleonic War. But there's lots of weirdness in it. There's vampires, there's werewolves, there's witch hunters. Are there you, zombies? There is zombies. Oh, so you'll be buying it no matter what. Yeah. So, I mean, I we were talking about uh, probably just before I came across this new story, how, you know, history games, you know, they're cool, but I just they don't draw me in. But then I see this and they go, right vampires and werewolves and zombies oh my i was like oh i think they just sold me right there yeah because it, it, it that's how dracula's america reminds me too it's a wild west game but 
they throw in that little, you know, that little element of yeah, the sci-fi. Absolutely. So, so I'm yeah, kind of excited for this. I'm gonna have to watch for this in October. Perfect time of the year for something like this to come out. Well, not only that, but with something like that, um, the fact remains that there's a lot of historical miniatures out there and there are a lot of producers of miniatures that are easy, just drop-ins. Yeah. That. Well, what's cool with this is supposedly, so it's going to be 28 millimeter, like many of their games, but they are going to have a dedicated line from North right. star military figures, very much right. like Dracula's America. So they'll right. have their own line. Right. And, uh, and, if, the, and the frost grave stuff. Yep, yep. And now the star grave, I've been seeing those models popping yeah. up to the stuff for star grave as but well. You so you don't have to use those. You could right, use whatever right. you could, you know, you can find or you have. So yeah. Yeah, I'd oh, be interested. Cool. We definitely need to review that when it comes out when you pick up the book because um that would be a good one to look at just thinking it's Napoleonic, but maybe you want to play in a different historical age and see kind of how adaptable see it how would the rules be as are. a rule set. To, yeah, that's why I'm curious to see if the rules are going to be similar to what Dracula's America was. I mean, it's a totally different designer or are they going to be similar to Frostgrave since that's the right. same designer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it may very well be. It's definitely something we'll have to look at. So I've got a little bit of news as well. Not a whole bunch, but this one's going to be pretty fun for us. So coming soon to a gaming convention near you. Got the Southern Fried Gaming Expo coming up in Atlanta, Georgia, August 20th through the 22nd. Now, this is primarily a... It started out originally it was a arcade and pinball machine, pinball, not yeah. not video games like pinball machines like and stand up arcade. Yeah, retro some retro console systems, but over the past couple of years they've started to get into tabletop games. Yeah, and we have a connection with our good friend at uh, the tabletop engineer Jim Kelly, who is going to help us out because he's the they call him the crew chief for the tabletop gaming section mm -hmm. so what we're going to be doing is we're going to go down there for games so indie invasion slash coastal con will be there with discover games uh who is one of indie invasions sponsors and a sponsor for coastal con and unipolar games will be there as well and we're going to be running demos as it stands right now we're going to be running twisted demos we are okay. working on getting some other people to do some other games as well but that all depends on who all can come for those yeah. of you guys that listen to the episode go ahead and comment a whole lot about how eric should come down and run some <laughs> wild west exodus <laughs> demos so go I ahead and you know put the put the pressure on him to come Damn. on down he has no excuse because flying into atlanta is cheap so you get it for a hundred bucks i'll even pay for his plane ticket I even got a place for him to stay. So he really has no excuse at all. So you guys give him a hard time about that. Uh, <laughs> but we're definitely going to have Twisted working on someone to run Drowned Earth. And when Eric comes down, he'll run Wild West Exodus. So bam, there you go. Three demo games. But I'm going to make a really, really big Twisted push. This is our first convention that we're doing. Yeah, we tried doing something last year. And of course, yeah. we know how last year went, uh, you know. Yeah. And this Everything was, got canceled. So, and this is going to be our big push for stateside of Twisted. So, at least, at least for me, from my perspective, and Discover Games, obviously, they're the only U.S. distributor for the game. So, mm -hmm. that's he'll have all that stuff there for people to 
blow their money on and impulse buy because yeah, none I'll, of us know anything about that at conventions. Yeah, I'll let you know that after we recorded the other night, I was on the Allen store looking at the uh, militia. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man, the militia is awesome. So I will. So that's going to be August 20th through the 22nd at uh, in Atlanta, Georgia at the Marriott Renaissance Waverly. So I'm going to read this email address. It is gameatl.com. So that's where you can check them out. But they got a lot of stuff going on at this one. It's I think it's pretty good sized. 250 plus arcade and pinball machines. Lots of new and retro console systems. Big mm-hmm. tabletop library. RPGs going on. Wrestling, music, tournaments, vendor expo, panels, guest speakers. Lots of other stuff. So if you're interested in going... Check it out. We will be there. We may even have our indie invasion patches by then. You never know. But we will have a little bit of indie swag. We'll have some stickers and things like that. And our good friends, Discover Games and Unipolar Games. So stuff to buy from them, too. Yep. 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 And I think I think that's actually all the news that we have. Yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, we can mention um, Tabletop Engineers RPG and War Game Supply Source. Oh, well, yeah, you got to mention that. And his Bexham's Bexham's Bazaar magazine that he puts out that has uh, RPG stuff, tabletop, uh, miniature stuff in it. He's got scenarios in there, all kinds of stuff for you guys to use in your gaming. So if you and some of those, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say. So if you guys can check them out, and some of those scenarios that are in there, by the way, are written by the game developers. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool too. Extra scenarios. I know one of the Bexham's Bazaars had a. custom relic blade scenario written by sean the developer of the game so that's kind of cool and bexham's has become infinitely more um useful to me as i finally started my rpg group back up so since half the magazine is rpg and half is skirmish i'm like oh i can use the other half of the magazine again Woo! (laughs) but that's it for today mac uh i think we uh got back in the saddle for this episode i think so so on that note guys remember you can check us out on all of your podcast platforms that are out there we are primarily on podbean so if you can go over there and give us a follow on podbean that would be so awesome you can Mm -hmm. also check us out on our facebook page our youtube channel we are we have a discord channel we'd love to get you guys over there and get some chatting going we're slowly building up a little bit of momentum which is super cool we're really happy about that also if you haven't followed us on twitch go over there and give us a follow because apparently we haven't met all the requirements yet for them we're still trying to reach that affiliate where when we stream and record It'll stay on there if we get to that certain level. Right, and right now it doesn't. So all of our live stream stuff that does go over there, it just goes away. So go over there and give us a follow if you don't mind. We'd appreciate it. And last but certainly not least, you can always pop over to our Patreon if you would like to support what we're doing. We certainly wouldn't complain, but everything that we put up on our Patreon is free to everyone. Some of it is exclusive to that location. But that is all. Still, anybody can go check it out. Yeah, it's it's on there for all to view and enjoy. That's right. And also, you can check out our Coastal Con website because we are, well, I am anyway, already in the planning stages of what I'm going to do for Coastal Con 2022. Because we should be back to some semblance of humanity, have a bigger footprint, and then Eric won't skip out on Coastal Con 3. Man, 
You're just sicking the dogs out of me. I'm sicking them on you, man. <laughs> sicking them on him. I sent him a link to a house he needs to buy down here, too. And then he has no excuse for missing Coastal Con. Oh, but man. remember, guys, when you're out there playing your games, having a good time, hanging out with your buddies and talking about things that have absolutely no real world consequence, <laughs> but having fun doing it anyway, remember to prepare yourself for the invasion. right ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the indie invasion podcast I'm glad to have you with us don't forget to tip your waitress that's right that's when we need uh that's when we need some sultry lounge singing going on you know that husky did you recognize what i was i was singing there i i didn't what was the actual song oh i didn't even recognize we need a little ann margaret in the background singing on that one that was uh it always pops into my head. That was girl from Imponima. Oh, the girl from Imponima. Yeah, that needs to go in. <laughs> you doing the girl from Imponima? That definitely needs to go in. I like that song. That's a good old classic jazz definitely song. Definitely needs to. If now my slacker kids can go back to the gym with me. They they were on spring break. They're like, do we have to get up and go to the gym? I'm like, no. I guess I guess you don't wimps tell them tell them unless you want to get pudgy <laughs> i told uh, i told fernando i was like oh, man you just broke 200 on the bench you really want to you know go backwards and yeah, i mean he won't for a week but i had to give him a hard time <laughs> uh, but what i might do is when he goes to do his personal best next time i might put weight on and put like too much and tell him it's 200 <laughs> See, you waited too long. <laughs> and be like, you you can't get that? Dude, that's only like 180. Come, come on, man. What's up? <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, man. That's mean.